Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Colossians 3, you've, you switched it on? You got it. Okay. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Just going to... Going to do that. Um, all right. I had it there for you to read, but so be it. Just a, a brief outline of these verses, and, um, and you'll see that um, it's a bit of an, an arrow shape there. But he starts out, set your minds on things above, and we covered that last week. The fact that we're seated with God in heavenly places, and we need to have a heavenly perspective on what we're facing in the world. We, we did a recap on the whole thing of the old man is gone, dead, dead, dead. Yeah? And we're a new creation in Christ. And so um, it's not like we've got two natures fighting inside of us. That is terrible theology. In fact, it's not theology at all. All right? It's, it's people speaking out of their own difficulties and own, own struggles, but it's not actually out of the Bible. So the Bible says that your old man is dead, and you are a new creation in Christ. 
So because we are in Christ and because Christ is seated in heavenly places, we set our minds, we tune our minds, we're in sync with the way God thinks about things and we adopt a heavenly perspective. Even as we're praying for heaven to come on earth because we live on the earth, we are here receiving our salvation on the earth. The only people who can be saved are those who are on the earth. If you're dead, it's too late. Some of you just look a bit zombified, but you're, you're alive, okay? So you need to be on the earth, and the kingdom is coming, and we're part of the advance of the kingdom, and it's on the earth. All right. So it's not like, hey, I'm trying to spend all my time in heaven. No, I'm here on the earth. I'm just thinking like heaven, even though I'm on the earth. Okay, just got to massage that in because there's a, you know, hmm. A lot of people are trying to go after the things of God. Yay! And want to see more of the supernatural unfolding in our lives. Yay! But then we start getting to all this crazy stuff where it's all about being up in heaven instead of actually living here on the earth. And it's all about how I can have my trips up to heaven and what I can see and all my angelic encounters and that's as though what Christianity is all about. Paul writes to Colossae and he writes to the people in a place called Joyburg and he says, don't do that. You're actually living here on the earth, but think heavenly ways even while you're living on the earth. Okay? If God wanted us up in heaven, we'd go immediately we got saved. But he doesn't. He keeps us here on the earth, on the planet, because there's something for us to do. But we're not thinking according to old kind of thinking or carnal thinking. We're thinking new creation kind of thinking, seated with Christ in heavenly places kind of thinking. But we're living it out here on planet earth. Moving along. He then gets into, we must put off. He's going to get on, verse 12 to 14, what we're going to put on. Because we're not going to roam around naked. <clears throat> In the middle there, he squeezes a couple of things. What's the process? How do I do this? Glad you asked. We're going to answer that question. And then who gets to do this? Quick little, little thing there. And then right at the very end, he comes back to this thing of peace and being in the word and whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord. Amen. You can go home now. Okay. So the rest, the rest is now filling in the blanks. Are you okay with that? So can we consider I finished? Can we just say I finished? I did what I set out to do. I'm done. We are finished. Okay. So the rest now is just an appendix. <laughs> the cold front, there you go. All right, so um, what I wanna do is I wanna just jump into the process because that I think is the real question that everybody's asking. 
Hmm? Do you remember we had a coffin? Yeah, and we put the old chap in there. The socks, the, the, the sinful nature, and we said he's dead, dead, dead. Okay? If I'm in Christ, on the cross, I was crucified with Christ. Because I was in him, it's as though I, the old man, was crucified with Christ. All right? And so he's now, he's dead. He's in the coffin. All right? So it's no longer I, the old chap who lives, but now it's me, I'm living in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. Amen. All right? And we kind of like, you know, the white, the white shirt representing the new creation in Christ. All right? Now the problem is that for many of us, we have phantom symptoms. Okay? In other words, although like circumcision, which was the cutting away, so that old flesh, he uses a couple of analogies. One of them is circumcision, like it's cut off. The old heart is cut off. That dead chap there. It's cut off from you. If someone has their leg amputated, say just above the knee, very often they will have phantom symptoms. They will kind of like, they want to scratch their toe. Listen, there's no toe, there's no foot, there's no ankle, there's no lower leg, there's not even a knee. But in their brain, they can feel their toe and they want to scratch the toe. But there is no toe. All right? Sometimes you get a feeling like, I want to do what that old chap did. But it's been cut off from you. But you think you can feel it. It's a phantom thing. All right? So, Colossians 3, verse 10 says, And we've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. It's being renewed. Okay? So remember, when we looked at the, the passages last week and the week before that, you have died with Christ. You are dead to sin. It is past tense. It is overs, skidovers for that guy. It's not like you are still going to kill this guy. No, he is dead. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. That chap, he's dead. He's gone. It's not you anymore. You've been made alive with Christ. But unfortunately, your brain, your soul, still has some of these phantom memories of what this old chap used to do. In fact, in your brain, there's some paths that cause you to want to do things. A um, couple of years ago, in fact, more than a couple, just on the other side of our boundary wall here, there was an open felt between our property and Hendrik Potkita, the main road. So there were no car dealerships. It was just a nice big open felt. That was before state capture got hold of that piece of ground. <laughs> Literally. And um, so... 
people would take a shortcut, and sometimes the, the grass, like you know, elephant grass, it was really high, really tall. And um, so if you wanted to um, take a shortcut to McDonald's, there was, there was a path. And, and because enough people, even though the grass is really high, because there was enough traffic on the same path, the grass on the path didn't grow up. It was, like an, it was just like that was the way you went. Okay. In your brain, you've got pathways of thinking. And when you think according to a certain way, you tend to default to the same way of thinking. You tend to gravitate to the same kind of conclusion and you tend to gravitate to the same kind of behavior. Getting quiet in the room here. We're beginning to reflect on our own lives. Yeah, We begin to think, oh yeah, you know, when I feel sad, I, I, just, I just find myself at the fridge. It's kind of like chocolate cake. How did it get there? Doesn't matter. But I, I don't even... It's mine. It's kind of like, where did that cake go? Okay. I'm using chocolate cake because hopefully not too many of you are addicted to chocolate cake. And it's something we can kind of laugh at. But the chocolate cake could be, it could be alcohol. The chocolate cake could be pornography. The chocolate cake could be you know, whatever. We've, we've got our, because of the, the programming, if you like, that path. Now, I didn't stop and kind of think, oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm miserable. Oh, this is not great. I want to feel good. Oh, yeah, sugar, I, 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 feel, I, feel, I, I feel better when I have sugar. Chocolate cake's got a lot of sugar in it. I'm going to feel, you know, there's actually chocolate cake in the fridge. I think if I have some chocolate cake, I'll feel better. So, hmm, I feel better because I had chocolate cake. That was just a temporary fix. I get the sugar crash. I feel worse because... I haven't grown in the way I wanted to grow. <laughs> I didn't stop and plan it out. You know, I feel bad, da da da, boom, boom, step three, da da da, four, five, six, seven, da da da, and then have the cake. I didn't plan it, think it through, strategize deliberately, whatever. No, because I previously had walked the path, it was an easy path for me to get to. And then I do it over, and I do it over. And then I kind of like, I can't get off this path because it's my go-to path. The grass all around is so high. I can't get through it. I just, I've got a natural default, a way of doing it. And I learned this way of thinking from before. So I've got a path, pathways in my brain that I go to. My spirit is renewed but I got some stinking thinking going on here and I got to create some new paths. 
And because people just gravitate to the same old path, they mistakenly think, ah, this old chap is alive. No, he's not. Because either it's capital T truth, the Bible is true, he's dead, dead, dead. Is he or isn't he? Yeah, man, he's dead, he's do it. Dead, the Bible is true, he is dead. It's not two natures fighting inside of you. It's not like black dog, white dog, who's gonna win, who am I gonna feed? None of that nonsense. This chap is dead. Okay? So, let me take three steps back. Remember that little V-shaped thing? You know, set your mind on, da-da-da, we're gonna put, on, put off all the rest of it. Okay. Remember last week, we said about the, um, the indicatives and then the imperatives. The indicative meaning what Christ has done, my position, this whole understanding of who God is and what he's done. It's the indicative. Then the imperative is now, because of what Christ has done, now therefore I must do this, I live in a particular way. Even with Jesus. He first loved us, we love him. He says, if you love me, do what I command. But it starts from love. Okay? Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 2. Paul has been going the whole time and he, he's talking about how Christ loves us and he's redeemed us and he's transferred us from kingdom of darkness into light. That we can now live a life that pleases him. He calls us saints, holy. We were singing this morning. He calls us all these things because of what Christ has done. And he explains to us who we are in Christ. Then he says, because of this, now work it out in your life. Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a working it out. What can that mean? Surely salvation is a once-off instantaneous belief time. True. I don't earn my salvation. I don't work for my salvation. It's an instantaneous belief I am saved, right? This is good theology. You can nod your head. It's not a trick question, okay? This is kind of like, yeah, mm, 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 good stuff. All right. In response to what he's done, now I'm putting it into practice. In response to the fact that that old thing is dead, I am a new creation in Christ, what am I going to do with these paths of thinking in my brain? I need to put off some of those old paths and put on some new paths. I used to have some ways of living, some habits that resembled what this old chap was on about. But those things, I'm actually taking them off. And now I'm going to put on some new behaviors. It's behaviors and attitudes. 
Because this way of living as a consequence and a result of the fact that I am saved, as a consequence and a result that I am a new creation in Christ, that the old is gone, the new has come, that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross was for me. It's done, it's settled. As a result of that, I now live in a new way. And I'm being renewed in the image of my creator. What's Paul doing? Paul is reaching right back to the garden. At the very beginning, Adam and Eve made in the image of God. Nothing wrong, nothing missing, nothing broken. Fantastic. An Apple product. The fall, if you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, if you rebel, if you do it your way, that's rebellion. If you rebel and do it your way, surely you will die. Now they carried on living in the flesh, in, in the natural. Physically they carried on living. But spiritually, they were cut off from God immediately. No longer walking with God in the cool of the evening. Hiding in shame. Kind of like, whoa, where the fig leaves? You guys had better be out of the garden. Because if you stay in the garden and then you then eat of the tree of life, your decision is set and we can't change it. And I love you too much. I don't want your decision to be set. I'm going to hide the tree of life away from you so that we can deal with the sin issue. Yeah, that thing in Eden, don't, don't get it the wrong way around. Most people get it the wrong way around. Like, oh, God was punishing and whatever. It says, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, if you take from the tree of life in your condition, it is set and we're not going to be able to change it. Where's the tree of life? Oh yeah, I read about it in Revelation. Yep, it's still there. Where is it? How do we get there? Through Christ. We're still going to get access to the tree. But we're going to do it in the correct way. So that when we do eat from the tree of life, we're good. No punishment, no eternal damnation. Okay, that was for free. <laughs> 15 minutes. So, the image of God, because we were made in His image, God's image, we were bearers of His image, got corrupted. Sin entered into the world, corruption starts coming in. Then we start looking less like heaven on earth. Disease, sickness, betrayal, all of these sinful things wasn't there till after sin entered in. Our, the DNA of a human, so good 
used to live a long time. Listen, aiming for 120 would be like, oh, why you aim so low? Yeah? They were living hundreds and hundreds of years. Right? So that they could be fruitful, multiply, and occupy the whole earth. Okay. Sheesh. Only a couple of chapters in and we've got the Tower of Babel. And there are nations roaming around the place. Just in 11 chapters. So folks were very fruitful. The DNA wasn't as corrupt. But slowly over time, more and more disease and corruption because the, the, the image of God gets distorted. Even in, on the, looking from the other side, there are people who do not acknowledge God, do not serve Him, pretty terrible people, but there's still something of the image of God inside of them, and they've got the most crazy talent and ability. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, how do they do that? that was, it almost felt like it was anointed, it was so good. There's still something residual of the image of God, even in unbelievers. Okay. However, you were dead. Now you're alive. And now he says, now get renewed according to the image of your creator. In other words, he's saying, come back to the image. Okay. That's fine. They're going to sort them out now. That one's going to be renewed to the image of its mom soon. <laughs> Peaceful mom. Look at that. It was instantaneous. So good. Okay. So this renewing of the mind. So Romans, Paul writes to the Romans. These Romans are crazy. No. He writes to the believers in Rome. And he says, don't conform, don't be squeezed into the mold of this world's system, this world's thinking. Don't conform to the old pattern, the old ways of thinking. Don't allow your mind to be shaped by the old way of thinking. But... Like the process of metamorphosis, be transformed and renewed in the thinking of your mind. That's the whole, the, the, the basic understanding of repentance. Change the way you think. Oh my goodness, we're going great guns today. <laughs> Something happening. Mm. Shift and change your way of thinking. And then you will know his good, pleasing, perfect will. In other words, you're aligning yourself. You're coming into knowledge of your creator. Your image is being restored like Adam and Eve was distorted in the garden. Jesus came to reverse what took place in the garden. And we're being renewed day by day to bear his image better. We're getting to the place 
as we're thinking his kind of thoughts. And because we think his kind of thoughts, we begin to live out his kind of ways. Hmm? From the deep places of the heart flow the issues of life. So what he's saying is, listen, you've been saved, you're holy, you're righteous. We're going to see just now in verse 12, he says, therefore, as God's chosen and holy, now I want you to put these things on. You get the sequence there? You are already chosen. You are already holy. What does that mean? It means we separated from the life of sin and we separated unto God. That's the whole understanding of holy. Religious understanding of holy is you're a goody two-shoes. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't go with those who do. And that kind of thing. No. Holiness is I'm living for him. I'm separating myself from that stinking old chap there, and I'm living for him. So he says, you are already holy. You are already accepted and acceptable. Now, because you are accepted and acceptable, now put these things on. Live in this way. Not to earn it. What he's saying is, be who you really are. Be and continue to be being who you are. And when you have some of these phantom kind of itches and scratches and whatever, recognize that's not you. Here's the beautiful thing. Ooh, 10 minutes to go. When I was this terrible sucker, I used to sin and I, well, I just sinned because that's who I was. I didn't have to think about sinning. I just did. Yeah. Sinners are good sinners. They just sin. Yeah. They just, they can do it. They can just sin. Yeah. And, and you try to do maybe something nice, whatever, and, and whatever, but the fact is, in your attitude, in your mind, all of who you are, you're, you're just a sinner. That's your identity. You're a sinner. You sin because you're a sinner. Okay? Now, my new identity, I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a saint. Come on. We've covered this again and again, and I'm going to do it one more time. We are not a sinner saved by grace. Not. Shake the hand of the person next to you. Say, I'm so glad you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner. Yeah. You're not a sinner. That is not your identity. You are not a sinner. You were, but that sinner is dead. Dead, dead, dead. 
You are alive in Christ. You are a new creation, a new creature, and you have a new nature in Christ. And your nature is to please your Father. Which means you don't have to sin. Listen, when you were a sinner, I mean, you just sinned because you were a sinner. That was, that was it. So you did what you were. But now, you are not a sinner. You are a new creation in Christ. You don't have to sin. Okay, now I know in your brain right now, you're kind of like, oh, John, you just don't know me. I mean, what I did last week, this is you'd be embarrassed, you'd blush. Look, I've heard most of the stories, that's okay. But because those phantom things, those old carnal ways of thinking, those carnal paths, patterns, cause you to sometimes, oh, that was a familiar path, and you find yourself taking a path you once used to take. But that is not you. It's not your identity, it's not your nature. You having a sin moment. You unfortunately are having a sin experience. But you are not having a sin identity. The Bible says, Behold, all things are new. Now are we going to believe it? Or not? I suggest we believe it. Because it's the Bible. And it's true. And I've only got five minutes left. You better believe it. It's capital true. We need to leave those former things. So that whole thing is it's kind of passing away, man. This world and all of its ways and influences is passing away. But we, we hold on to what Jesus has given, who we are, and now we create new paths, paths of righteousness. Okay? All right. Who gets to do this? Yeah? Quick little answer. Old covenant was only God's people, the Hebrews. But now, in Jesus, the dividing wall has come down and we all get to do it. Whether you're uh, a Gentile, which is us, or a Jew, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, it's not about external stuff. It's about what's going in the heart. That's what he's saying there. Barbarian. Um, barbarians were people who didn't speak Greek, so they were kind of like, you know what, because you don't speak Greek, Greek was the you know, thing of the known world. It would be almost the equivalent of English in our world today. All right? Scythian, they were the guys up there like the Russians. Um, seriously, South Russia area there. And they were kind of like the wild chaps, eh? Yeah, they were, okay, don't talk about them anymore. Um, slave or free. So there was this class thing, you know, if you were a free person, 
um, then you know you you look down on those who had no rights, um, and you know they were the, the the dregs of society. So basically, he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter your class, your freedom, your background, your upbringing, your heritage, your pedigree, what your surname is. None of these things matter, okay? Because we're all in Christ. Uh, Christ is in all, and is in all. Um, you'll see a little bit different there in uh, the passage here from Galatians. There, he even says, "Listen, there's neither male nor female." What, what he's saying is, "Hey guys, before the new covenant, women had no rights, could not inherit, could not vote, had no legal rights at all. That's why you always had to have a man in your life. It was either your husband or you had to have a son." That was the big deal about having a son because you needed somebody who could represent you. Okay? And now it's been restored. It's not whether you're male or female. Every, it's kind of like there is uh, equality before the throne in terms of our salvation. This is talking about salvation. Okay, let's get it really clear. It's talking about salvation. Thank you very much. Moving along. Take off the old, it's like taking off the old grave clothes and now clothe yourself in Christ. Um, and you'll see this in Colossians, similarly in Galatians chapter 3. So we put off a whole lot of things, um, sexual immorality, basically having sex with anybody you're not married to, that's sexual immorality. Impurity is all kinds of other deviant sex kind of things as well. Then there's lust, there's evil desires, okay? I prefer this thing, evil desires, to the thing of passion. Okay, because God can give us a healthy, holy passion for his name. All right, so some of the translations, if we don't quite understand the use of the word in English, then we're kind of like, oh, God doesn't want me to have any, you know, like, vomer about stuff. No, nonsense. All right. Um, greed. In other words, if you worship anything, if you're chasing after anything, it's like you're worshiping it. It's like idolatry. All right. Then it goes, those are kind of like um, actions. Then we start getting to attitudes, your anger, your rage, your malice. So anger and rage. Then we start getting to the things of the tongue, okay? You, you malign other people with malice. There's slander, filthy language, there's lies, all right? So we don't lie. Okay, we don't lie, okay? It doesn't matter who we're talking to, we just don't lie. It's kind of like, well... Oh, don't go there. Only one more minute. Let's be friends. Okay, what are we going to put on? So we're going to clothe ourselves. These are the kinds of things we're going to look like. We look like Jesus. We're in Christ. We can look like Him. So how did Jesus live? Yeah, all these wonderful things. And, um, and we can forgive even as God forgave. It's kind of like right out there, the, the, the disciples' prayer. And then on top of that, put on love. Just like pull the whole thing together in, in a unity and a completeness. Yeah, We love God. We love ourselves. We love one another. Yeah, And then, hey, peace rules. Um, peace is like an umpire. That's what it's saying. If you don't have peace then that behavior is not from God. If your peace leaves, it's kind of like, oh, just... If, if you're making a, a crucial decision in life, being led by the Spirit, if you don't have peace about something, that's the Holy Spirit helping you know, okay, this is not what I should be doing. It's just like, step away. Don't go there. Don't do this. It's like an umpire 
calls the ball in or it calls it out. All right? Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And because it's so in us and we're talking about it all the time, it just flows in and out of us. We're sharing and so in our connect groups that we're meeting all the time and we're kind of like, wow, this is amazing. This is what I got out of it. And and the Lord is showing us different things and we can complement and supplement what each is getting because we're hanging together and we're learning because it's dwelling in our hearts is richly. We treasure this thing. Yeah? And then um, songs of the Spirit, it's kind of like what we do here. Often, you know, it's not like the musos have forgotten the words. You know, I wonder, sometimes people come from other churches and they're not accustomed to singing in the spirit. They're kind of like, gee, can't these guys practice and like just learn the words? They just like go off and do that. No, it's this biblical thing of singing by the spirit. Sing, sing a new song unto the Lord. It's an ancient Hebrew tradition. So it's been going on for a few thousand years. Two minutes over. Sing in the spirit. Folks, we are Charismatic means we're open to the things of the Spirit, the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. We want God to do stuff among us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're not scared of the Holy Ghost. And He's not destroying the church. He's actually doing the same thing that Jesus is doing. They're in complete unity and harmony. If Jesus is building the church, so is the Father and so is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us, strengthen us, encourage us, enable us, cause us to do what we couldn't do on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. With gratitude in your hearts, with thanksgiving. This is the guy. He's in jail. Guys, there's no DSTV. There's no air conditioning. There's no three meals a day. There's not even a flush loo there. They're in a pit, in a dungeon. They've got chains on. You want to go to the loo, go in the corner, and no one's cleaning it up. Come on, I'm, just think about it. Prisons 2,000 years ago, you needed people to bring your clothes and bring you a blanket because there was no bed. It was just like on the floor, mate. Horrible, terrible. And this guy from a place of, of just like huge humiliation and deprivation, again and again and again and again, he says, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Guys, here in South Africa, Moan and groan. Moan and groan. Figures out this last week. Most of you, most of you, you're in about the top 5% of South Africa. Most of you. But you moan and you groan and you belly ache about how hard it is. This oak's in jail. Because of his faith. Because he dared to say that Jesus is over all. Jesus is supreme. Jesus is Lord. Not Caesar is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's in jail. All this horrible stuff. And he's overflowing again and again. You look at this. How many times? It's overflowing with gratitude. With thankfulness. This is probably one of the more difficult things for us to put on. Thankfulness. Because there's so many things according to the pattern of this world that you can complain about. Listen, if you want to find things to complain about, it's not being prophetic. There are lots of things you can find to complain about. Being prophetic is kind of like, okay, Lord, what do you say about it? 
What are you doing? Shift and change. Whatever you do, word or deed, do it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, you're a spiritual person. Monday through Saturday is your most spiritual work. Not here on a Sunday morning. You're living for Jesus. You're living in the new way. You're putting on, you're putting off that stuff. You're putting on, you're being who you were created to be. And you're doing it, whatever. That's your spiritual ministry. Monday morning, when you get up, I'm off for ministry today. Whatever you do, it's unto the Lord. When you do things unto the Lord, you're ministering to Him. It's your ministry. Everyone is called, everyone's anointed, everyone's gifted, everyone is in full time ministry. Can I invite you to stand? Thank you, Lord, for all that you've shown us through this book of Colossians. We ask, Lord, that we would begin to appropriate this in our lives greater, more intense, that the truth and the reality of of what you say we are would so get a grip on our hearts and our minds that the greater truth triumphs. That we walk away from the old and we stay in the new. And we continue to grow in the new. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're going to help us put off all those other things. And you're going to help us put on the things we need to put on. Thank you, Lord. And now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hallelujah.